0: Welcome back to another Nureen episode. I'm Asil, and sitting right across from me is Sumeya.
1: And Why did today. You
0: say my name? I said Sumeya. Sumaya. Sumeya. No. <laughs> Sumaya. Sumaya. no, I can't say no, it right. I feel like a white person.
1: <laughs> this is becoming
0: like a school. No, I can't say it right. Okay, sitting across from me is the other hostess, hostess i don't know um <laughs> and you're acting like they can see you <laughs> i know we
1: said we we're gonna record video today too
0: <laughs> maybe with you dressed like that but me nah okay anyway besides the point um today we are going to be talking about our personal relationship with the quran and i think that this is a really important topic and this is something that I'm personally really passionate about and I could probably go on and on and on about the just the really cool things you can find in the Mm Quran and just the eloquence of it and just overall the signs and things that made me attached to it but today we're going to try our best to just keep this to like a personal level I suppose and how we've grown with it so I guess we can go ahead and start off this conversation um Sumaya Sumaya (laughs) I want to say something before you ask a
1: question we, throughout our episodes, have stressed the importance of the Qur'an, like, so mm-hmm. much. I feel like it comes up in almost every episode, but we're like, this is why yeah. we have to have this relationship with the Qur'an. Um, so, I think for the both of us, like I said, we are going to try to just kind of speak from our experience, but like you were saying, we I think that... These things, like you said, you know, there's so many things that you can talk about in the Quran, so many things you can find, like miracles and whatnot, but I think that is really part of what has made our relationship stronger with it, so it plays hand in hand. I think we will come from more more of a technical perspective, Mm -hmm. but we're going to try to keep it as experience-related as Yes, possible. I agree with that. Um, and and you brought up the eloquence of the Quran. I guess we can just I could yes. Um, I actually had someone ask me like last week or two weeks ago. Um, I can't remember the exact question, but she basically was saying, you know, when you memorize the Quran, is there like a specific like rhythm that you're supposed to follow or? She was just asking me about about that kind of, you know, she was like, I assume that you have to be pretty technical when it comes to, like, the rulings and stuff like that. So, she was basically saying how she assumes it's pretty difficult, you know. And I was telling her, I was like, um, even as an Arabic speaker, and this is something that I think a lot of people have to understand, even as someone who was born and raised speaking Arabic, like, you still have to learn the Arabic of the Quran. Mm-hmm. Because the way that you speak Arabic to someone, you're not going to be... Um, using the rules that you would be when you read the Qur'an, mm-hmm. you know, and that's part of the eloquence, like, you're not going to uh, talk to someone and make sure you're using, like, your ikhfa and your idgham and your qalqala, like, that, that kind of stuff, it's not present, really, in just conversation, or even when you're just, like, reading something really quickly in Arabic or texting or whatever, but when it comes to the Arabic of the Qur'an, like, yes, it is technical, and you you are supposed to strive to perfect that pronunciation and All that stuff, and and I was also just telling her that the eloquence of the Quran, like the Arabic that you find in the Quran, even though it's Fusha Arabic, right, it is unlike any other Arabic that you're ever going to find anywhere else. I was, you know, I was basically explaining to her this idea that nothing compares to the Quran. The Quran is is on another level completely, and that's because it is the word of God, and it's holy and Allah has made it so it is melodic and there is a rhythm and uh the eloquence it like it really truly is unmatched when you really study the Quran and you're looking at the tafsir uh you realize like there's just some analogies in the Quran and and stuff like the flow Mm -hmm. it's unlike anything else it truly like nothing even compares
0: yeah so. the civilization that it was revealed to they were all poets that's what they were known as right. Arabic in general was a very beautiful language and that I could go into a whole nother 45 minute discussion about you know why I think it was revealed specifically in Arabic it's because yeah. it's it's inherently a beautiful language but even the poets at that time they're like this is unlike anything else mm-hmm. you know that's a miracle in and of itself and another like in terms of eloquence even not just focusing on the rhythm of it in the the Melody, I suppose, like when you look at the specific words Mm -hmm. that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose for certain things, for example, the verbiage. And this is actually, this is a Yasir Qadi video or lecture. It's called the eloquence of the Quran. That's what I was thinking about when I was talking about that. Um, But he was talking about the different verbs used for the term, for the different, uh, wait, hold on, let me rephrase that. (laughs) Different words that were used when it came to walking when it when you're describing walking towards jannah versus walking towards salah versus walking away from salah that like how fast you're going and in arabic there's like there's so many verbs when it comes to this one act of walking but it's the type of walking that you do and subhanallah the words allah subhanahu wa ta'ala picked are so like they match that 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 vibe that that I don't know how to describe it's it. It's it's perfect. yes. Yeah, like perfect. <laughs> when you walk towards like you're going you're going quickly, you're trying to rush to your salah. Yeah. When you're in salah you take your time and then as you're walking away from salah you can be you can be scatterbrained. It's okay. You can take your time walking. When you're going towards Jannah, you're going quickly towards Jannah. But you know, in this life, you know, take it slow. You're not rushing towards the goodness of this life. You're rushing towards the goodness of the Akhirah. You know, and yeah. so that was just kind of where I was going when eloquence of the Quran and what Sumayya was talking about was also really um, beautiful and profound. But let's go ahead and jump straight into the conversation about. Um, I want to ask you, in terms of your relationship with the Quran. Um, is there a specific instance or moment or was it a culmination of events? Like what caused you to be connected with the Quran the way that you are now? And how have you grown with that connection? Oh, man, this is a very it's, deep question.
1: And I'm probably going to miss some, some things. Like there's probably going to be things that I should have said. Like I don't yeah. remember like later. And well, like, that's what oh. the afterthoughts
0: are for, <laughs> um, guys.
1: So I think that it was definitely a culmination of my whole life literally mm-hmm. um there i don't i don't think there's a specific moment or a specific instance um i was really truly raised on the quran mm-hmm. my mom specifically and both my parents Danny, alhamdulillah they both have a really like deep connection to the quran but my mom specifically like she's on another level <laughs> Mashallah. Mm-hmm. um and she her love for the quran it's very very uh Evident I guess is the right word and so she really raised all of us on the Qur'an So from the moment that me and my siblings were able to even form any sort of coherent-ish sounds mm-hmm. she was teaching us Qur'an and I, I mean that literally mm-hmm. um, Because you know, I don't know, but I, I had the first years of the Qur'an like juzama memorized by the time I was like three years old. So it does go to show like my mom was really working with us um, and it was something that she continued to do with us until we were able to do it on our own and I I don't know. I, f- I feel like, you know She would she would really sit with us and, and teach us and I learned how to read from her. I learned how to memorize from her um, and Even like to this day, you know after now after many years of being able to do what I'm, like on my own My mom is still always there to recite with us or to like test us or in this is you know I'm speaking for me and my siblings, so um It was definitely a culmination, pretty much, of of my whole life. I think, though, that something definitely changed in me when I started doing Qur'an for myself Mm -hmm. at my own pace. Because, of course, like, when you're young, um, you're you're still young. Like, you don't understand, really. You know, like, you can know a lot of Qur'an, but... You know, maybe you're doing it because it's just become routine. I think that's really what happened mm-hmm. with me. Or my mom was always telling us we have to memorize to end, And so I always wasn't. I, it was never something that I didn't like doing. Yeah. But, it, you know, you, you just don't feel connected at that point because you're just still so young. I think that once I started really, um, I would say probably at some point in middle school, I started just doing it, like, for myself at my own pace. Um, and... That's really, I think, when my connection with the Qur'an started to grow um, and, you know, alhamdulillah now it's like you have your own goals and uh, your own drive and I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to even having a relationship with the Qur'an period is it really has to come from you. Yeah. Um, you really have to be the one to say, you know, I want to read this amount of Qur'an a day. I want to understand this amount of Qur'an per day. I want to memorize this amount of put on per day. It's about the consistency. It's about the um, genuinely like it's, it's really about being very like making it a priority, like 100% making it a priority. It's so easy to push those things to the side, you know, or to feel like you don't have time or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's the biggest thing is you have to be able to make it a priority in your life. You have to be able to Recognize, like, how do you feel when you read the Quran? And there's an ayah in, in Surah Al Hash, um, just 27, and basically Allah says, mm-hmm. anzalna ala min And Allah, so in English, basically, Allah's saying, like, if we had revealed this Quran on a mountain, it would have crumbled mm-hmm. from just the weight of the Quran. And I'm not talking about the physical weight, it's not about the weight of the book, it's about the weight of the words, the meaning of the words. And so, how are our hearts supposed to react if if a mountain, one of the strongest creations, is you know would would have crumbled under the weight of the Quran? Our hearts—they should tremble. Yeah. You know, like you should one hundred percent feel something when you read the Quran. And I think that um, I used to stand in Tarawih Salah when I was younger, and there would be like women just like sobbing next to me, and I'm like, why are they crying? <laughs> and I genuinely, when I was younger, I genuinely did not believe that I. Like, I was like, this makes no sense. Like, why are they crying reading, like, yeah. listening to the Qur'an? Until it started happening to me. Yeah. And now I'm going to cry again. But, like, you, I feel like when you... There's just, like, genuinely you, you hear certain verses of the Qur'an. You read certain verses of the Qur'an. Even if you don't fully understand what they mean, the weight of those verses, like, you feel something. And you mm-hmm. can't deny that. Like, I feel like um, that's one of the main... Things for me is just like the truth of Islam. Like when you feel your body break out in goosebumps because of a certain ayah that you read, mm-hmm. or you're having a really bad day and then you hear a certain ayah and you're just like, oh my gosh! Um, I feel like that's 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 kind of where we all need to strive to be and to stay. Yeah. Um. Sorry, that was no. Such it's okay. A long end. Well, I don't you even you know said the so... no
0: question wasn't anymore. No, it's okay. You said a lot of things that I was planning on bringing up. Um, I'll go ahead and start off with like my growth story, I guess. And then I have a couple of points that I do want to touch on for you because they tie in perfectly to what I was going to ask next. Mm-hmm. Um, but very similar to Sumaya, Alhamdulillah, I was born and raised in a family that really valued the Quran, you know, whenever my siblings and I would argue, cause you know, we're siblings, mm-hmm. my mom would mm-hmm. always pull verses from the Quran, examples from the Quran, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, we have Google speakers all around our house. Ever since we were young, my dad has always been into the techie stuff. And we always, all the time, you'll hear Quran playing in the background, you know? Even if you don't know the surah, especially when we were kids, you would pick mm-hmm. up on it. Yes, um. Absolutely. After we would pray together as a family, we would sit and talk about the Quran. But very similar to Samaya, just because, yes, I was always encouraged to memorize the Quran, and I, was, I would sit down with my parents, you know, we would memorize together, and I went to Islamic school as well, which contributed right. a yeah, lot. Sure. I had to choose to actually loved the quran and i think unlike samaya i think i do i can pinpoint a moment i think it was a culmination of events very similar to samaya's story mm-hmm. but i can pinpoint one moment where i realized like i choose the quran mm-hmm. and it was the of 2022 so i was still like memorizing and stuff but it was just purely out of routine like like samaya said you know my mom would just be like hey, you have to go memorize you need to go do this you right. need to do your but you know keep up with it never really understood fully why. I just chose to do it Mm -hmm. um, because I was told to. But it was after when it wasn't there that day. It was one of the late night things. And I I know, well, I've never talked about this before, but it was one of the late night things. And we, oh my goodness, we as a um, group were praying to Hajjud together. Mm. And this is my favorite surah to this day and the reason why I started memorizing the surah or not or continuing memorizing the surah I suppose because I already didn't know portions of it but it was recited surah toha mm-hmm. and I remember it was the first 37 ayahs so the first page and a half and I already knew these but I was sitting there and I was like I don't know it just hit me in a certain way The Samaya was talking about how like those women during tarawih that would cry yeah. and then you could feel the goosebumps I don't know why in that moment specifically but I just felt it. And I, after I sat down, like, my friend was talking to me. After I was completely zoned out. I was like, I don't know why I felt the way I did. But subhanAllah, yeah. you know? And so after that, I made it a mission. I finished that surah. I was like, I got to finish. So I worked, 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 yeah. worked, worked, you know, a little bit afterwards. I managed to finish it. And then I was like, okay, you. Like what's next? What's next? And now I can proudly say, I think I love the Quran more than I love anything else. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Like my mom one time, this ties into one of the points I want to talk about, but my, I, we were, this was rather recently. And I told my mom, like, mama, I want to go home. I was just, I was kind of in a mood that day because you know what happens to everybody. And I was just really sad. And I was like, mama, I just want to go home. I'm gonna cry and she was like why and I was like my heart feels heavy I need to go read the Quran mm-hmm. and I remember saying that and she looked at me and she was like wow and yeah. in that moment I knew like like really everything that I've worked towards and everything about the Quran it, it has impacted me in such a way Absolutely. and it, it, it was kind of like a trail of events it was like slowly but you know like those little mountains that they'll talk about in English class oh, I feel like yeah. that's what my relationship with the Quran is except the mountain doesn't slope back down it just keeps going up and so you know it started off when i was young you know build up to that event and then i remember that one night in ramadan and Mm -hmm. then it just keeps building up and then there's other events like you know like like important like that that just kind of stand out that continues to fuel your love for the quran and so during this ramadan i remember like thinking and i actually (laughs) had a journal during ramadan and so i actually wrote this this quote down and i quoted it before but it talks about how can you tell when your heart is alive it's when you react to the words of Allah when you feel them you know and there's a hadith and it goes something along the lines of like there is one organ in your body when it is sound the rest of the body is sound and and that that part of your body is the heart you know the Quran has to touch your heart you have to feel it and I think that's something that I've definitely learned along the way is like my heart alhamdulillah i can proudly say i think it's alive and it's going to continue yeah. and i pray that it continues to yes. be alive you know mm. and when you when you get to that point when your heart is alive when it comes to the quran it's such a beautiful thing and you were talking about your mom and you kept talking about your mom and there is there is another hadith and i had to pull it up cuz i didn't want to butcher it um, but it says, Whoever recites the Quran, learns it and then acts upon it will be adorned with a crown of light on the day of judgment. Its radiance is like the radiance of the sun. Then it goes into his parents will be adorned with two jewels that w- that the world could never contain. And so they ask, like, why have we been adored as such? And it will be said, For what your child has acquired of the Quran and I remember when I realized that like my my knowledge of the Qur'an will raise my parents in ranks and will crown them. Yes. I want to do everything I can because I think that's Absolutely. the ultimate gift Absolutely. for your parents, you know? And so, like, my my goals, like Samaya was talking about, in memorizing the Qur'an, in, in building this relationship in, with the Qur'an, is not even for myself at this point. It's for my parents, you know? I mm-hmm. want to raise them in ranks. I want to crown them. You know, I also want to crown a light, you know? So I think that's just... That's just one of the many reasons as to why I try so hard to stay attached to the Qur'an. Yes. You know, and why it's so important. You know, it's also a cure. And I'm not just talking about physical cures, like Aisha radiallahu anha, she would talk about how, Allah, uh, <laughs> how the Prophet Muhammad <laughs> would use the Qur'an as a means of physically curing himself, you know? But not everyone can do that. Why, There's a, um, there is a quote from, I think it's Ibn al-Qayyim, and he said like, you know, something along the lines of if one has to be one wants to be cured by the quran they must have uncertainty Mm. um in the quran so you can't just like go to the quran as a means of physical like curing yourself like oh yeah you know like Like a physical yeah it's like oh i don't feel well let me go and read the quran no you have to be attached for it in order you have to have certainty that it's going to help you it has to be your first resort Mm. that it's going to help you with also the the diseases of the heart, yes, you know, one of being, one. one being, uh, one. Yeah, you know, the love of this world. And, um, this is something else that I also, um, I, I brought these connections together during Ramadan. And I think this will tie really well into the next question that I have. Um, but in Surat <clears throat> Yunus, It says that there comes to you a warning from your Lord, a cure for what's in the heart, a guide and a mercy for the believers, you know, and so it talks about this warning, you know, and I think this warning can be found in um, Surat al-Hadid. Let me see if I can actually, it's a really long ayah, hold on. And it goes, Know that this worldly life is not more than play, amusement, luxury, material, boasting, competition, and wealth and children. And then it says this beautiful analogy, and I try to keep this Mm -hmm. in my head all the time. This is like the rain that causes plants to be grown in delight of the planters. But later the plants dry up and you see them wither. They are reduced. And in the hereafter, there will be either severe punishment or forgiveness and pleasure of Allah. You know, and that, and then it goes on to say that this life of the world is not more than delusion of yeah, enjoyment. Exactly. And then it, and then another surah, um, Surat Yunus. It uses almost the same exact analogy yes. and it goes, the life of this world is just like the rain we have sent down from the sky, producing a mixture of plants which humans and animals consume. Mm-hmm. Then just as the earth looks at its best, perfectly beautified, so this, this delusion of enjoyment essentially, yes. and its people think they have full control over it, there comes to it our command by night or by day, you know, so we mow it down as if it never flourished. This is how we make the signs clear for people who reflect. Yes. How are you going to realize this if you don't have that connection with the Quran, when yes. you don't realize that those warnings are perfectly there, you know, Absolutely. right there, clear? And it even yes. says for the people who reflect. It's not mm-hmm. anyone. You can't come to these conclusions if you don't reflect on the Quran, if you don't yes. choose to love it. You know, and in Surah Al-Isra, it literally says, and in, in other Surahs too, Surah al Surah Al-Isra, it says, you know, the Quran is a guide and a mercy yes. for those who believe. Yes. You know, and so I just think, like, <sighs> that was so much but like and it even says it also in of al-salah that we've sent down the quran as a means of healing yeah. you know to to the to those who believe the good doers i think that's how it ends or something like that and so i think that's just something we have to realize that when you have the quran in your life it's like an anchor and this anchor it it keeps your it holds your ship in place that way when you know waves hit or whatever like i'm a very visual person but like when waves hit or whatever yeah sure your boat can rock but it's never gonna sink because the Qur'an is there holding you in place. And it says it in all of these ayats. It has the warning. It has the cure. And it's telling you, I'm there for those who believe in me. I'm there f- for those who reflect in me. You know? And so I always, I like, I have to keep these analogies in mind. And I have to keep these thoughts in mind when it comes to the Qur'an. Because really, like, it's, it's a blessing. It's Absolutely. such a beautiful thing to have and to hold on to, you know? Absolutely. And I, I talked so much. But... No, but, you
1: know, it's crazy because that analogy that you just gave, I was literally just telling Asil this a few days ago. I said, Asil, I don't believe that people break. Yeah. Do you remember when I said uh, that? Yeah. I said, especially the believer. I, you know, you can get bent, but we never break. Yeah. Um, and that's if you are a believer and if you do have this connection with Allah, I think that... um. All these ayahs and and verses that Asif just mentioned, like, and I've said this before on on various episodes, but this is why you have to read the Mm Quran, because you're not going to know any of these things exist. You're not going to know that there are verses that comfort. You're not going to know, you know, there's verses that call out to you in the state that you're in. Mm -hmm. If you don't open it, if you don't read it, you don't have to have it memorized. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You don't have to have it memorized, but how are you going to know any of that is even there if you are not actively connected to it? And I just wanted to piggyback off of her point about the parents because the parent thing is so, so beautiful. For every person that memorizes the entire Quran, their, their parents get a crown of light for that on the Day of Judgment. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the way that they get recognized. And just like Asid was saying, and I, I make dua for this all the time, but I, I really do pray that me and all of my brothers get to be the reason why my parents are crowned on the Day of Judgment. Um, and it's, it's also, it's just, it's, it's incredible because it's like, yeah, you memorize the Quran for yourself, for your benefit, but it's not just benefiting you. I think there's also a narration where the hafiz like gets to, uh, bring people either into Jannah or elevate the, the person's rank or, or something like that. So there's, there's a lot of, of, of benefits now. I don't, um. I don't necessarily want to stress memorization because I think that for a lot of people, their strong suits are different, you know, yes. for some people, strong, the memorization is not necessarily a strong suit. I'm not saying that you don't memorize. I think that it's yeah. very important to memorize, but I think for a lot of people, um, I think hands down the most important thing is just to have a relationship with the Qur'an that yes. is a daily relationship. Uh, whether that's looking at the tafsir or reading or both, preferably. Um, a little bit of memorization, that's fine. I just think that a lot of, like, communities and a lot of, like, shuyukh and imams and even families, like, they're just, like, memorize, memorize, memorize. But truly, memorization isn't doing anything for you if you're not applying it in your life. Yeah. So, so I don't want to say um, that memorization is the only, the most important, because I really honestly don't believe don't, yeah. that for a lot of people. Um, I'm gonna ask you a question. I know you had a okay. question for me, but it's okay. Um, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna answer it too, but I just want to ask what. So out of those kind of few different things I mentioned, like how do you, which which way do you personally feel more connected to the yes. Quran? So like out of like reading or tafsir or um, memorization.
0: Subhanallah, that's really so. crazy because I was actually thinking. I, I literally talked about this during Ramadan, mm-hmm. literally about how when it comes to your bond with the Qur'an, it can really differ from person to person. Absolutely. Like, And I, I gave some a few instances Absolutely. and I actually talked about myself a little bit, but I don't mind going to more depth here. Uh, I don't know if it was on a podcast. Actually, no, I do know where it was. But it was, for me, my relationship with the Qur'an, I, mashallah, I memorize very quickly. Yeah. It's the way I am, yeah. um, you know. You know, everyone has their, their strong suits, but something for me the way I feel connected to the Quran is literally what I just did mm-hmm. I like to go through the tafsir and understand it and I like to make connections with it I like to piece it together like a puzzle mm-hmm. because to me that's literally what the Quran is mm-hmm. It's it's a puzzle and there's so and when you realize the beauty of it and this almost like the science behind it in a way it's like you realize this ayah completes this ayah yes. and this ayah references this ayah and subhanallah if you look here you'll see this is the sign and this is what it's talking about you know i i like to make those references i like to realize okay i remember it's on this page and it's up here and yes. the reason why it's there is subhanallah if you go back 20 surahs before you'll find the same story talking using almost the same verbiage for me making connections between the surah and connections between the ayahs is the way I get connected, uh, is the way I really connect with the Qur'an. Like, yeah, sure, I can memorize, okay? Yeah. So everyone needs, you know, some help with their Arabi every once in a while. Don't get me wrong. Like, right. everyone's got their their weak points. Um, But when it comes to the Qur'an, I, and I, I really connect with just talking about it. Like, if you brought me an ayah, I could probably spend forever just talking about that specific ayah. Absolutely. You know, and it's just, it's a really beautiful, I don't know, it just really... Oh, gosh, it really hits hard. What think about think you? Yeah. I think for me, I
1: only recently really started to uh, dedicate time to Tif-Sid, Um, which I think that that's something that everybody should do because it has been truly life changing and I'm not being dramatic when I say that. Yeah. You know, there are certain surahs like from the beginning of the Quran, and Ejda, the first few Ejda that I've known for literally like 10 plus years, like mm-hmm. so long, But when you really go into the tafsir, even if it's a brief tafsir, because I don't do anything too super in-depth at all. But even if it's just a brief tafsir, like genuinely, like your eyes will be opened to so many new things and stuff that I'm like, I never knew this. Um, For me though, I wouldn't say that, I I really love your answer and I think that when we have conversations about Qur'an and and the connections and all that stuff, it is, it's very beautiful. for me, though, it's memorization, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I know that I was just saying that, you know, I don't want to stress memorization. I don't like to stress memorization for others, but for me, that's the most important thing to me, memorization and review. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that just the way that I grew up, honestly, like my mom, she's my role model when it comes to the Quran, mm-hmm. and just seeing the way that, um, you know, her, her dedication to uh just constantly reviewing everything alhamdulillah that you know the whole quran constantly um and the way that her knowledge is is just like you know mashallah like genuinely it's Mm -hmm. so so incredible like that's the way that that i want to be and i think it's really nice to see to see it happen you know um but a hundred percent like the memorization for me like i have very very dedicated like memorization goals Mm -hmm. and um I think that you know that's something I was talking to my mom about too. I was I was telling her that not even with the Quran, but I think that the way, like alhamdulillah, my memorization not even I'm not even talking about Quran. I'm talking about just in general. Like my ability to memorize things is very like I don't know. I don't know if it's normal or not. I feel like it's a little <laughs> bit. It's a little bit more. Like it's a kind of above average when it comes to my my ability and just the way my brain functions Mm -hmm. in general like i don't know my dad always makes fun of me and tells me that my brain is just like different (laughs) but um genuinely i believe that i and i started to realize that i'm pretty sure the reason why my brain is is pretty sharp Mm -hmm. is because i grew up memorizing the quran yeah like you have to be you know what i mean like memorizing the Quran it's not it's not easy it's not easy to just me- it's not i think memorization is easy but keeping up with the memorization that's a whole nother story yeah. so it's like you have to be a different level of committed yeah and so for me the memorization is the most important thing because i want to be someone who every time i stand behind someone to pray i know exactly what sort they're yeah. reciting i know exactly you know the way that it continues i know exactly what so i know exactly where it is on the page where you know right side left side middle up down I don't know I doesn't matter I just want to be someone who if someone if I see the English I can I can say the Arabic if and I yeah. feel like I feel like I can do that to an extent I can do a lot of those things to an extent but I want it to be perfected mm-hmm. um, and that's a lifelong journey it's never going to be something you just reach and you're like oh I'm good yeah. now because if you stop for even just a few weeks like you lose <laughs> you lose a lot of it yeah um And so, for me, 100%, it is my goal to memorize the entire Qur'an very soon, and um, that, that's, that's the most, I don't know, to me, like, being able to, to just, like, reference the Qur'an automatically, or, like, know exactly where things are, that, that to me is, like, it makes me feel very, just, it makes me feel like I've taken the words of Allah and really, like, studied them, Yeah, you know? Um, so that's, that's the most important thing to me. And I, I just think that, um, I, you, I feel like you said something earlier and I was going to bring this point up and I can't remember what it is you said, but, um, oh, I think you're talking about for anyone who like memorizes the Quran and teach it, teaches it to others. Mm -hmm. There's a hadith that says, like the best of you are the ones who learn the Quran and teach it to others. Mm -hmm. Even if you teach them like, like it does not matter what you teach them. You know, you don't have to be a sheikh or a person who knows the entire Quran to teach the Quran to someone else. Yeah. But I think that that's something that has become, like, a huge, a huge passion of mine is, like, the fact that you know that you're good at something, it's not okay for you to keep it to yourself. Yeah. Like, I think that you have to be able to help others who need it, and so that's been something that I've really, really connected with. Like, that's something that also really connects me with the Quran is, um being able to teach it to other people. Like that yeah. 100%, like teaching my Quran class, like I think I became like so attached to them because it's so special when you build a bond based on the Quran or when you see people start to improve because you helped them. Um, I think that is also an incredible way. And then you also get rewarded for every time someone recites or reads something that you taught them. And so it's, yeah. it's like never ending, you know?
0: I think, okay, you said a couple of things. One, you were talking about Teaching the Quran and learning the Quran and teaching it to others, yeah. and I absolutely love that Hadith. And there is another Hadith that goes, and it's a very long Hadith, but at the very end of it, it goes, "It's not that alif lam mim is a letter. Yes. It's that alif is a letter, lam is a letter, and mim is a letter. Every single time you teach a letter, right. even a word of the Quran, when that person recites it and then teaches it to someone else, who teaches it to someone else, you get the you get the Hasanet of that. You know, and, and I think that's something yeah. really beautiful. Sorry, not
1: even just like teaching it, but even reciting. Yeah, like when you recite alif lam mim, that's not. I mean, that's that's three separate and, you know yeah move,
0: so. and not only that like i was talking earlier about how everyone has their strong points and weaknesses you know mashallah i memorize well but you know there are areas in that i do have weaknesses in, and i know that you know and right. i work to improve on them i don't want to just perfect one thing and then not perfect anything right. else i want to work on both my strengths and weaknesses and i think everyone has those to an extent of but that's the beautiful thing is that Allah subhanahu wa taala acknowledges that he's yeah. like you know if you read you get you get 10 hasanas for each letter and if you struggle you get double that you know or something along those lines and another thing you were talking about and i just remembered it and i'm gonna forget oh man um man were you you said something really really like profound. i know i'm trying to i'm trying to remember remember what i
1: said i said a lot
0: (laughs) but um that's another thing you were talking about how part of your drive is really teaching it to your your Sunday school class and I think something for me is I want and I've I've kind of gave a little talk about this or speech about this before but at the very end of it I went you know it doesn't matter about how much of the Quran you've recited uh, you've you've memorized or learned it's about how like it's about wait what did I say come on I can't remember it says it um hold on I want to remember this let people see the Qur'an in your actions because it's not about how far you've reached in the Qur'an, it's about how far the Qur'an has reached within you. And I remember saying that and I remember that being like oh shoot!" because <laughs> I, I and I remember leaving and I and subhanallah it's this is another example of what the Quran does for you before then I was really really nervous. I'm the type of person that gets nervous before I speak. I don't think I used to not think I'm a very good public speaker. I don't enjoy it. Yeah. But then I was like okay, I'm just going to recite this dua and it's from my favorite surah, surah Taha and it's, Rabbi Sadri wa Amri. You know, this dua. Yes. And I kept saying over and over and over and over again. And Subhanallah, Sumaya, I, get, I kid you not, I went up on that podium and I have never felt so at ease talking yeah. to a cat. And I remember, I remember saying that line and then leaving. And my dad has a video. And my face was beaming at the end. If you go mm. back to that video and you look, you'll see like i don't think i've smiled that wide in such a long time it was because i truly meant what i said you know i truly want the people to see the quran in my actions you know i think i've memorized a pretty decent amount of the quran Quran compared to a lot of 17 year olds out there and i have i have a drive to continue to finish it inshallah one day you know when the time is right and i have these goals but more importantly i want people to be able to look at me and like see like she's the character of the quran you know like the prophet muhammad he was like like, yeah she narrated that the prophet muhammad was like a walking quran he he literally was a breathing living quran you know and I just I think that some, the best of you are those who like memorize and learn the Quran but also the best of you are the ones that have good character and when, and really those go hand in hand absolutely you know absolutely. when you memorize and learn the Quran and you act upon it you are inherently one of those people that have good character and I bring up my, our MSA a lot. And the reason why is because, it, like Samaya said, her Quran class means a lot to her, and it's impacted her in some sort yes. of way. It gives her that drive. And to me, like, being able to help start it and just being there for these, this community. and But our, our ayah that we would always go by was from Surat Al-Ma'idah. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, like, it was towards the middle of the ayah, like the second ayah. It was like, and help one another in acts of piety and righteousness. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, my life, like, basically evolves around this one part of an ayah mm. i like everything i do is to help others in acts of piety and righteousness with those pure intentions yes. and the reason why is because of the quran the quran taught me that yeah, i wouldn't exactly. have come to the conclusion of yeah i want to help others for the soul sake of allah taala with yes. the soul sake of like like piety yes. if it wasn't for this one ayah that i stumbled upon this one ayah that i have i have rooted myself into you know yeah And so this ayah is the foundation of everything for me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's That's something that I really want the Qur'an to be for, not only for myself, but for everyone else. And I implore you to find what makes you rooted in the Qur'an. For me, it's, like I said, it's making these connections between ayat and and having that one ayah that's a constant reminder to me like constant constant you know for Sumaya it's memorization and having this lifelong goal that she is working really really hard to pursue and I know that with Sumaya's drive she's gonna get there one day inshallah sooner than later (laughs) for other people (laughs) (laughs) guys and then you know for some other people it might be recitation from some others it might just be teaching the Arabi of the Quran you know like the linguistics of it yeah find what makes you rooted in your life love for the quran i'm telling you like, i had this conversation and it's it's something so beautiful because it's we're all reading the same words but you're 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 perceiving it differently you know your right. connection with it is different you my mom is very much a very she's a writer so she very much is like into the wording of the quran mm. like i even had this conversation one time but i've also had it with my mom a little bit later i was like the way the ought be like the way that the words sound you can almost guess their meaning and you will be right mm. Sama you know it sounds like it's going up and it's going down mm. the sky and the earth and so that's the way she's connected to the quran my dad is connected through the history you know oh, my dad yeah. he could give you ask him any story from the quran any and he can give you the entire like synopsis he could write a book and he yeah. could go on forever and ever about these that's stories so of the beautiful. quran exactly so, so that's there. what yeah. we're trying to encourage you guys is like find what roots you yeah. in the quran and once you do you're gonna love it you know, sorry, I talked way no, too much okay. today. <laughs> I think
1: that um, you were talking about the Prophet and I was going to bring up the point yeah. of him being a walking Quran. Mm-hmm. That's such a beautiful description. Um, and I think that's how we, that's the thing that we should all strive to be, right? Like yeah. We're never going to get to that level of perfection. But um, one thing that I, I want to mention when it comes to this is that I started to think about this a lot and I feel like I consider myself to be someone who is very dedicated to the Qur'an. Mm -hmm. So that is actually what really holds me accountable a lot of the time. I'm like, okay, if I consider myself to be someone who's dedicated to the Qur'an and I'm spending countless hours every day memorizing and reviewing and reading and whatnot, I literally, like, I cannot associate myself with things that the Qur'an would be against. Yeah. Because then what kind of a person... Not to say that we don't make mistakes, like, of course, and I feel like I say this in, like, every episode, but it's true, because I never want to come off it as someone who, who's, like, oh, perfect and whatnot, because that's not true. We all make mistakes. Yeah. But how, you know, how is it that you're going to be someone who's dedicated to the Qur'an, but then you're doing things that are super against what the Qur'an teaches? So I think it's, it's a way to, to hold yourself accountable as well, as this is my goal, so I have to strive to be what I say I am. And even today in the... Um, in the khutbah, we, like I just got back from Jummah, but um, the imam said, you know, Islam is not um, an identity that you claim. It's an identity that you live. And we've, yes. we've said this multiple times. But truly, you cannot just claim an identity because it's something that you do often, right? You have to claim the identity when it, it actually becomes a part of you. Yeah. Um, and just on this topic of... Um, you Know striving for being better when it comes to the Quran, we bring up this ayah a lot in Surah Al Rahman, yes. and oh, that right? <laughs> no, but like even that, you know, like yeah. that, that whole surah is literally like it's completely flow cut, yeah, I mean, just just even all of that stuff where you have verses, um, in certain isra', like literally they all end in like an alif pretty much, all. Yeah. like just like stuff like that. It's like, how can you find the words to be like. I don't know. I feel like with me, I'm not a poet, like, at all. I hate poetry. So whenever I have to do it for, like, class, it's so hard to find, like, two words that rhyme with yeah. each other. Allah made the whole Qur'an and it all flows. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, that. that's just a whole other sign. Anyway, besides the point, when it comes to this ayah, هَلْجَزَاءُ <laughs> you know, like I said, we've expanded on this ayah before, but um, Allah basically is saying, you know, is the reward of goodness or excellence or perfection anything but goodness or excellence or perfection. Yeah. And I was, I was going through the tafsir of, of this ayah, and it just stood out to me in a completely different, in a completely different light. But um, basically, uh, I was listening to Yasir Qadi, and he said, you know, Allah knows that as humans, like, we're never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. We're never going to reach that point. You know, yeah. we can always try, and we should. That, should. that should be our life mission is to try our very best to reach a point of excellence. But we're never going to get to, like, this perfect level but Allah is still promising us good and excellence and perfection even though we never really reached excellence, yeah. good and perfection. We never Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like a lot of time you think okay, if I do good I'm going to get good. Which yeah, okay, that's the basis of this ayah. But you're not going to you're not going to be perfect. Yeah. But Allah out of his mercy is still willing to reward you for even just trying yeah like you never reach that point but he's still gonna bless you with perfection even though you weren't perfect yeah and that's beautiful you know yeah. and I think sorry that that's no, a okay. the point where I kind of very briefly mentioned this idea a lot of people think that oh I'm not fluent in Arabic I'm not you know someone who can really read that quickly or memorize that fast Allah literally rewards you more if you struggle to do these things mm-hmm. And sometimes I remember when I was younger, I used to be like, "Man, that's not fair," <laughs> but like <laughs> that, that, that's like so beautiful because there's no excuse. Even if you can barely read the Arabic, yeah, you have to try because Allah rewarding you more than
0: someone who can read it with ease. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It so it hits you, you know. And I remember the point I was going to talk about earlier. <laughs> So I'm gonna go to that for a second, but earlier Samaya was talking about how memorizing the Quran isn't easy. Having that drive to continue to memorize the Quran isn't easy. It says in the Quran that you know it like Samaya was talking about these rhythms and stuff. Why is it there? So that way it's it's meant. To, it was created to be easy to read. To be created mm-hmm. to be easy to remember is the wording. You know, yes. And I think that's something that you have to you have. It can be, it's inherently and in its nature is to be easy to remember. You have to choose to be able to go out of your way to remember it. Because our, yeah. as humans, it said, like, also in the Qur'an, subhanAllah, we are forgetful by nature. Yes. That's the way we are. So, yeah, he gave us a tool that is easy for us to remember. That's why it's, like, that's why there's a rhythm. That's why it rhymes. It. Because yes. you're easy to, it's able, you're able to remember it easily. But you have to go almost against that human nature of forgetfulness and work to remember it. Yes. You know? because and then at the end of the day when you're able to do that then you're not going to want to stop because it's yeah. so fulfilling i kid you not like you know you can sit there for hours and hours and hours and memorize a page and then you can and then when you when you're in salah, and then all of a sudden like somebody was talking about you can just recognize the the surah yeah. and you know you like you know where it is on the page you yeah. know it's like oh my god like my hard work paid off and it's gonna yeah. stick with me inshallah Absolutely. we have to keep it up that was one thing and then what were you just were I, you, i'm actually gonna pick you that's fine point
1: really quick In Surah Al Qamar, about 15 times, actually, I don't know if it's, I think it's around 15 times. There's an ayah that repeats itself. Mm, Maybe that that sounds like too much, actually. I know which ayah you're talking about. I think it's, It's, I don't know. It's a little bit less than that, I think. But Allah says, And that's the verse that Asir was referring to. Mm -hmm. Um, Allah says, We have made this Quran easy. For you to remember so who are you basically to deny that who yeah. are you to go against that um so no one is saying that it's going to be easy to memorize and remember all the time it's a life it's a literally a lifelong it's journey a there's there can be a surah that yeah. you review all the time but you can still mess it up yeah. like you know what i mean um and so that's that's something and i think that and i think we'll get into some tips later maybe but um, sorry, I see that that's I Okay. <laughs> um, I, I just wanna bring up a really quick point. If you are able to memorize songs and music, yes. at the speed of light, I think we all can. Like it sticks in your head. If you're able to do that, you yeah. genuinely like literally don't have an excuse to not memorizing the plan.
0: And sorry, I'm gonna piggyback no, off of that and then I have theory. another point. Um <laughs> this is gonna be a long episode, the more <laughs> I'm looking at the time. Um, but Say you do struggle with the Qur'an, what's stopping you? You know how we were talking about those diseases diseases of the heart and that's what stops your heart from being awake and being impacted or alive and being impacted by the words of the Qur'an? Mm -hmm. Nine times out of ten, I kid you not, if you're more attached to music than you are to the words of Allah, it's going to be harder for you. And I don't mean like don't listen to music. I'm not saying that at all. Like This is a whole debate. I'm not even going to go into that. But if you, like, you rely on music and the words and the comfort that's in music then you do on the words and the comfort that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's, that's, that's, that is a, that's going to stop you from being able to memorize, you know, because at the end of the day, you're attached to these words. Like I always say, you're attached to the words, the creation and not the creator. And this was a piece of advice that was given for someone else, not necessarily for me, but it was like, Stop just like if you really want to be able to memorize the Quran and get attached to it Just for a little bit stop the stop the music lessen the music Or stop making a priority stop making it. You know it's not every single time you go into the car you turn on music No like for me in the mornings when I go in the car Adhkar you know a surah I don't care how I'm feeling I don't care if there's a song stuck in my head I don't care I'm gonna go ahead and play that surah that I'm memorizing I'm gonna go ahead and play surah al-kahf if it's the morning or whatever it is you know And then at night when I'm leaving the masjid, I'm not gonna go. And, like I said, if I even if I have a song stuck in my head or something, or I really want to like jam out, I don't care. I'm gonna go and play it with the. I'm gonna go and mm-hmm. pray. these sew at night. Yeah. You know, there is a time and place for everything, and I think you have to realize that the the Quran has to have its dedicated time in your day. And regardless Absolutely. of how busy you are, Absolutely. if you make time to go pray your five prayers every day, that's that's a trust in an amana, right? Yeah. You have to be able to make time for your mental health. And take time to take breaks during the day. I'm talking about regular breaks, but I'm also talking about make Quran an almost like an obligation in your life, almost like a time slot, the way you do Salah, You know, I don't care how busy you are. If you just take a five-minute break every once in a while to go and just read a page, read two pages, and then go back to what you're doing, the state in which you go to open your Quran will be much different li- than the state you when you close your Quran. You're yeah. going to feel so much better. You just have to make time for it, and you have to put in the effort
1: you know i think having a dedicated Quran routine i don't mean yeah i'm gonna sit for this many hours and do no no, no, no. i mean have a daily reading goal yeah have a specific you know that on fridays i read or listen to every night i read like every day i'm gonna go through 10 minutes of tipsy it doesn't matter yeah i'm just saying like have a routine something you can keep up with every single day that doesn't get to be too much. I think that's what, that's really, that would be one of my biggest tips. Um, yeah. Is truly, like, dedicate yourself to a point where you have a commitment. Even if it's just, I'm reading certain look before I go to bed every yeah. night. Just something. Something you know
0: even five minutes of the quran i feel like counts as doing the quran for the day as long as you it don't care how late it is you know make that time for the quran prioritize it over anything else and then those things look like we were talking about the love for the dunya really evaluate yourself and see what am i truly attached to because if you're truly attached to something and it's not the words of allah or you know it's just not your your religion as a whole you really really you need to make a lifestyle change you really really need to think about this and and I don't know just realize what the Quran does for you it's going to be an intercessor it's going to accessorize you and clothe you on the day of judgment like look into these ah ahadith and something this is a book I highly recommend I read it and I like I mean all the hadith that I brought up today were from that book or from Mm -hmm. previous knowledge right and it's the 114 reasons Mm -hmm. what is it 114 reasons to finally start memorizing the something Something like that it's by what is it eh, something like that yeah it's it's an amazing book and it makes you realize that these aren't just words like they're yeah. not just it's not just okay it sounds nice okay you read it in your salah like it's it's more than that and another thing i'm so, this is, we're gonna go on and on and on today i I'm need like
1: we're not gonna have any good no we totally
0: are another thing and i think i've brief- briefly mentioned this in another episode but i was talking about salah a moment ago and how it's an obligation but what makes your Salah counted? What makes it... You can't do Salah without reading the Qur'an. Right. That comes to show the gravity of the Qur'an, right? Yes. If your Salah, which is an obligation, which is a, a a pillar, you know, and if it's it counts on whether or not you read the Qur'an along with, like, you know, your intention and this and that, right. but especially the Qur'an, like, that just comes to show how important the Qur'an actually is. It comes to show that if your Salah relies on you reading Surah Tafatiha and another Surah, you know, right. it, that means that... It's, it, it means something. It's worth something. It's not just something that you just throw in whenever you feel like it. It's yeah. not just like a like a Band-Aid that you just throw on whenever you have a wound. No, it needs to be part of your immune system, and we've talked about this. Yes. Like I said, it's an anchor. It's something that's holding you firm, so that way when the waves do hit, you're not moving out of place. It's not like the waves hit, and then you're crashing, and then you're trying to find like a lifeboat. That's right. not how the Quran works. It's right. not just going to come out of nowhere. It has to be something that you build up and root within your life.
1: Yeah, and I um. I think that, you know, Asir was saying, you have to really recognize what does the Qur'an do for you. One of the things that makes me, I think, really inclined to have a connection with the Qur'an is knowing that in the grave, if you had a connection with the Qur'an, the Qur'an is going to be your companion in the grave. Mm-hmm. At a time where you are lonely and at a time where other souls are going through torment, depending on how they live their life, um, the Qur'an is going to be your companion in the yeah. grave. And, like what other motivation do you really need besides that, you know? And I want to go into something super, super fast because this episode is getting really long.
0: It's like 50 minutes, um, guys.
1: I was thinking about this earlier. You know, as Muslims, we believe that the Quran is the word of God. Mm-hmm. It's holy, has not been tampered with. Yeah. It's perfectly been sent down. Um, the prophet, peace be upon him, was illiterate, but through oral reci- like recitation, um, he passed it basically on to companions who would teach them And they, the ones that were literate were responsible for writing it down. And that's how we have our Maslahif today, our friends, right? I was thinking about um, the Bible specifically, uh, even the Torah. I don't know much about the Torah, not really actually. Um, And I don't want to get into this topic too much just because we may potentially have an episode coming out about this. But, you know, I was was just thinking about this earlier and I said, you know, I really don't, I, I personally can't consider the Bible as holy. I wouldn't describe the Bible as holy. And this... I I don't know. I hope this isn't taken the wrong way by anybody. But I 100% believe in Jesus as a prophet. I 100% that the Bible was sent to him. I 100% Mm -hmm. believe that. Um, And I believe that at the time that was the book, and that was Mm -hmm. the way to go, right? If you died as a Muslim with Jesus, then you're good to go. I believe that 100%. But nowadays the bible it's not what was sent down to prophet isa yeah it's tampered with it's been changed how do you change something and call it holy you can't mm-hmm. if you're changing the words of god what is a new testament you know what i mean like how do you have an old testament and a new testament how is everything changed yeah. how are you going to say that this is the words of god this is holy if you wrote it if you mm-hmm. changed it so i think that that's just another step in affirming the fact that the quran jor- it was not changed and maybe some people have doubts, oh, what if the Prophet like had someone memorize it and they memorized it wrong? No, that didn't happen. Like, yeah. that literally it's did not, not happen. Ha- That's not how it works. Um, and just even looking at the Qur'an, you know that no man could write anything like that. They yeah. tried. They really, at the time of the Prophet, when the Qur'an first came down, they tried, they called him a poet. You yeah. know, and actually one of my, oh my gosh, one of my favorite things, at the end of Surah al um, Allah basically goes through this scenario for the Quraysh, um, and he basically tells them that... This, this Qur'an, it was sent down from the Lord of the Worlds, mm-hmm. and he said um, basically that if the prophet, peace be upon him, would have made this up, if he would have lied, if he would have dared speak a word against us, because they used to think that he was faking it, he was a fake prophet, yeah. he was a poet, he's just making stuff up about, about, about God and whatnot. Allah literally says, if he would have been making this stuff up, we would have taken him by his right hand, mm-hmm. and we would have severed his aorta. Yeah. Do you know, like, that, the magnitude of that statement? Your aorta is the main blood vessel coming out of your heart. If that was severed, you're you're basically dead. Mm-hmm. You know, you have blood vessels that branch off of the aorta, but your aorta takes your, your blood from your heart to everywhere else in your body. Yeah. And Allah says, if this prophet would have been faking it, if he would have been uttering lies against us, in the royal we, right? In the royal we, referring to Allah himself, mm-hmm. if the prophet would have done that, we would have taken him by his right hand, and we would have severed his aorta. And that's not a threat to the prophet. He had nothing to fear. He knew he was on the truth. It was showing the Quraysh. The magnitude. That it, it, you know, if, if, if the prophet would have set something down that said this, that's just that's just negating prophecy at that point. Yeah. Like, why would you say something like that against yourself? So it was a way for them to know that this is not the words of the prophet. He was not a, He's not a poet. He can't even read or write. You know, this is this came down from Allah. Um, so... I wasn't planning on. Getting no, to it's that okay. At all. <laughs> I well, wasn't okay, planned. I have like two things to say, and then
0: I think we can wrap it up after this, I suppose, and then maybe we can do like an extension thing about like tips or something, because this is getting really. Long. We
1: could just include some tips real but, quick if you would want to. Um,
0: I think we kind of like scattered them in there, but
1: a little bit. Um.
0: I came to a very similar conclusion when I was taking AP European History. I do not Mm. recommend that class for anybody simply because that entire class, I felt like it was like a Bible study class um, where you were just learning about, oh, you know, this person didn't like this part of the Bible, so they changed it for to be this. And, oh, you know, he wanted to get divorced and married three times or five times or whatever it is. So they went ahead and changed it to this and that. And I remember sitting there, and I'm the only Muslim in that class, and Mm. this was over Zoom, and I'm like, subhanAllah, like how can these people, like – fully believe in the Bible when you have a whole class talking about the amount of times it has changed because of man's desires. Right. They didn't like this from the word of God, so they changed it. And changed it and changed it. And you are in, in you are basing your entire life rulings off of the words of these rulers who were just selfish and worried about themselves. And so I like that conclusion, like that's how I knew like the Quran has to be true because like this is yeah. this has changed so many times yeah. over. And another thing is like it says and I think it's surah al-Ma'idah like the third ayah talking about how we have perfected this religion on this yes. day we have perfected this religion yes. the Jews at that time when this ayah was revealed it they were like you know if we were ever given such a verse we would have made a day this day a day of celebration mm. because it's such a, it's such a, like it's such a huge statement to have like this is perfected. Yeah. This is the truth, you yes. know? And I think that's something beautiful we have to realize. We have we were given a blessing. Yeah. You know, something that the Jews at the time, like the true Jews at the time before things changed, would have wished for a statement like that. Mm. And I think that's just That's just one really beautiful thing. And an another thing is you were talking about how the Prophet was illiterate and things like that. And I think that comes that's another reason. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's so much wisdom behind why he revealed it in Arabic. There's so much wisdom to why he revealed it in the time he revealed it and all of these things. And part of that wisdom, I really do believe, is it even says in the Quran, you know, he was an illiterate man. That comes to show the proof of the Quran. Like, he can't make this up. Yeah, There's no exactly, way. Right. And, like, I've mentioned this before, but there are, like, five challenging verses in the Quran, talking about, like, bring just one. Yes. And at the end, it's like, try to yes. replicate one verse. You can't. Even right. the best poets of, like, all of time they cannot replicate not even a single verse yeah. you know and I, I think that's something so beautiful even like I saw this video it was like um you know it's like everything about AI and this and that these days okay. so there's this one video of this guy who asked who asked this AI about like can you replicate one verse of the quote and then, like for those of you don't that don't know like AI as far as I'm aware like it like takes information and essentially teaches itself something like that it's kind of creepy actually the but Snapchat? like I, there I, I, there's like so many AIs, but there is an AI on Snapchat. It's like it's the same concept, family, God, I'm never, I'm never touching I'm that thing. It just stares at me. But um, I don't know if it was one online or what, but like there was a video, and the AI responded, and it was like, we, I, we, you cannot do that, you right. know? It comes to show even Smart. artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. which, you know, they predict is going to be smarter than humans one day or whatever, and that's kind of terrifying. It can't, it can't even replicate a single verse of the Qur'an. Why? Because it's, it, it's literally impossible you know, because it yeah. was, it came from the creator, and I just think that's something really beautiful that we have to realize that we are given such a blessing. Yes. We need to hold on to it. Yeah. I think it's a very I, long
1: episode. I have one ending point. Oh, goodness. Um, just, like, very quickly, uh, that in Surat al-Araf, um, there's a verse, and I, when I heard it, I was actually going to write my little insight about it today, which I need to do, but, but, um, <laughs> Allah says, yeah. And that verse right there pretty much shows you the way, like it tells you exactly what you need to do. Allah says those who hold on to the book. Mm-hmm. Like the the book here is the Quran, right? Yeah. So those who hold on to the book and holding on to it is not just a physical sense. It's, it's holding on to the scripture, yeah. holding on to the meaning behind the words, the weight behind the words, and those who establish their prayer, then we don't, we don't ever, um, I don't know how to, you No, know, like, we don't ever lose or, um, ignore the actions of the, of the righteous, of the good yeah. Jews, and so, um, I guess I just wanted to end off on that point. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, hold on, hold on to the Quran, because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah.
0: I mean, I have one more point, but maybe I'll make some afterthoughts about it because I think it would go into another conversation. All I have to say is like, look at the first five verses of Surah al It's a very similar point to, to what you just brought up about how you know, in Surah Al-Sul it goes Alif, la, And then it says, you know It talks about how these are the verses of the clear book And it describes what the clear book is So I highly, yes. like, what what that entails And then it talks about the good doers And what the good doers entails And subhanAllah, so I really recommend Just looking at the, even just the first five verses of that surah It's so easy to understand And yeah. then you realize that, tr- like what the quran actually is and that's
1: even sorry this, <laughs> we're never gonna end all this all of these so there's a lot of surahs in the quran that start with the huruf muqatta which are mm-hmm. alif dammeem hameem wa, yeah. those those letters there's a lot of them that start with the the huruf muqatta in the quran and almost every single yeah, one of them except three of them yeah except yeah. for three of them every single one of them almost right after talks about the book yeah and so you can tell that it's just you know very important in that sense so mm-hmm. um
0: i have one i'm never gonna stop talking (laughs) so much for a short episode i know another thing is i would highly like Samaya was saying about those three verses but another thing is i would highly recommend looking this is something that i've started doing is looking at the last verse of a surah and looking at the first first verse of the following surah for example um in Surat is it in naml I think it ends in Surat An-Naml, It ends with like it's, it talks about and these are the signs for those who believe. And mm-hmm. then subhanAllah, Surat al Qasas is the next Surah and it goes mm-hmm. to And whenever people talk talk about those Huruf like Samaya was talking about, it's like we need to wrap this up, but like <laughs> those are signs. So subhanallah, you can kind of see how they continue into each other, and how, yeah. like I said, like they correlate with one another. You can also do that with like almost all of jazama. It's really cool.
1: The one, the one that's the most clear example of that is Thorin and Nejim. Yeah,
0: um, those
1: are the two that I would look at if you really want to do those connections yeah. between last and first. But like that's just um, one example of
0: how you can yeah. where to start, Yani. But maybe we'll give a little afterthoughts about that later but yeah
1: Maybe. okay
0: thank you guys this is a long episode but it hasn't it's not our longest I love one yes this this, but lot. thank you guys so much for listening and inshallah you will see from us next time inshallah, inshallah. <laughs>